0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. We had Tony Caridi, West Virginia, voice of the uh, Mountaineers, on what it was, a win for West Virginia. They needed it. Neil Brown needed it. They got it against Pitt. In Florida and Billy Napier needed one two against Tennessee and they got it we're joined by Edgar Thompson the Orlando Sentinel covers Florida on 365 sports what what kind of a lift does that give Billy Napier in the program
1: it was pretty much a must win guys thanks for having me appreciate it uh I don't think coming into this season people had Tennessee a Tennessee win pencil win for Florida they didn't have many pencil in for Florida but Winning that game, when you really are coming into that week and you got people talking about crazy scenarios even, coach primed to Gainesville. I mean, it's, it's gone completely off the rails. The performance at Utah was an abomination. I mean, it was not how you want to open the season. It was sloppy, uninspired football. And it really put the microscope on Billy Napier in this program one game into a second season. So was it really, was he on the hot seat or anything like that? No. But was he losing faith of the fan base? Sure. Were the money people at Florida starting to maybe put their checkbooks in their back pockets and take a wait-and-see attitude? Lose to Tennessee, very likely from what I was hearing. But, you know, this just energizes everything, and they look good doing it. If they just didn't luck out into this game, they outplayed Tennessee. What, um,
0: what did you see on the field on Saturday that, that should buoy fans' hopes for them to string some of these together now?
1: Well, the defense is like night and day. You know, Florida from 2009 to 19, I was writing an item on this, was top 10 in defense, nine of those years. Then starting in 2020, it just fell off the cliff under Todd Grantham. Historically bad that season, ending with 250 point games by Alabama and Oklahoma. And then 2021 was pretty mediocre, but okay, I guess. Last year was horrific on third down. 129th to 131 in the nation, and just breakdowns, uh, poor alignment, just just discombobulated on defense. Then you get a 29-year-old coach, Austin Armstrong, to come in here after two paychecks at Alabama, where he's been hired as inside linebackers coach away from Mississippi Southern Miss, Southern Miss where he served as D.C. as a 27, 8-year-old. And just the energy, the approach, the, the teaching the defense, um, just the connection to players. All this stuff just changed from the previous coordinator, Patrick Tony, who's now in the NFL coaching safeties with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he was phlegmatic. He was, you know, kind of just didn't connect with players and it was very cerebral, but obviously didn't communicate well enough to get players in the right spot. Armstrong's chest-bumping guys, he's running around, jumping in people's arms, he's a lunatic on the sideline, and plus off the field stays in touch on a group text and uh, reaches out to players all the time, and one of them yesterday said he's like having your, a best friend and when you got a coach like that, you want to play hard for him. And as we know, defense is clearly about talent, scheme, but effort ranks right up there because it's all about pursuit, swarming, and all those kinds of things. And they're doing it so far. I mean, long season ahead, but so far, they have just flipped the script on defense.
0: Edgar, how surprised were you by just their overall performance and just like a, a you know cross enemy lines type of situation? What were your thoughts on what you saw from from Tennessee?
1: Well, you know Tennessee, the first series just ran right went right down the field against Florida, and they play that tempo. They set, kind of had a little bit of a pick on one of the plays. It's a good route, but, you know, that pick always gets a little kind of squishy there, like, is it a pick or not? And they scored, boom. And I was like, well, maybe this defense is kind of not as good as we thought it was going to be. And then they really bore down and held Tennessee in check at a lot of critical moments on fourth down and things like that. But what I really saw from Tennessee was they don't have Hen and Hooker at quarterback, because Joe Milton can make some really great throws, but he also seems to miss on some. Certainly doesn't have the running ability Hooker had, who torched the Gators for 112 last year. kind of He was the difference in that game um, up in Knoxville last year when they beat Florida. But the other thing was just undisciplined. You know, the Swamp, I've seen it before. I've been covering the Gators a long time now. They can rattle guys. I saw Joe Burrow throw three picks here in 2018, including a pick six. Guy had five on the entire season, three here. Bo Nix fell apart completely here. Fell apart at other places as a freshman at Auburn in 19, but really just awful here. Uh, Drew Locke came here in 2016, leading the SEC in passing, through two pick sixes, 39 yards, 18%, 18 passer rating. So the swamp can rattle people. They had five false starts the other night. They had an offside on a fourth and one when the Gators really weren't going to go for it from their 34, but guy jumped. Just, you know, Milton was rattled at times. They had to take two timeouts in their first series of the second half. So the Swamp showed up and it's, I take it for granted. It's like, you know, I used to live in Albuquerque and after a while, the mountains are just there and then someone (laughs) visits, they visit and they're like, wow, man, it's pretty cool here. And it's an incredible setting that part of the country but it's a swamp I've been there's so many times and see so many games with high energy you do kind of take it for granted but they showed out in force the other night and napier needed that the fans needed it and now i think they're going to get some other great performances from the fan base you know during the course of this year
0: despite the struggles they have put together one hell of a class for 2024, like, in the top. Depends on where you look at. There's, like, now seems like more than ever, these rankings. I'm looking at rivals. They're third. How much of a boost do they – they don't have a lot of room left, but they do. How much of a boost is beating Tennessee you think give them?
1: Tremendous. There are a bunch of recruits there. Part of the challenge is keeping classes, too. You can have the third-rated class here on September, you know, 19th, and I'm not sure what day early signing is, let's just say it's December 19th. A lot can happen, man, between now and then. A lot can happen on the eve of early signing day in the age of NIL, Uh, you know, more so than ever. uh, Guys can flip. So keeping a class is paramount. This is the kind of game that helps you keep a class. You bring your top guys from that class, plus from 2025s and things like that that you're recruiting. They see an environment like that. The other thing they see, guys, Billy Napier, man, is playing the guys that earn the playing time. This isn't a status quo thing, or you were here, or we thought you were going to be this and brought you in to be that. Even behind the scenes, and I don't know this for a fact, but I guarantee you they're paying some guys pretty well who aren't playing and maybe getting paid better than some of the guys that are. So you have young players, Jordan Castell, an Orlando kid, started his second game at safety, 10 tackles, one pass defense. Well, R.J. Moten, Michigan kid, legacy Gator, his dad was a linebacker in the 80s, Ron. he's not nice barely playing. Uh, Derek Wingo was a big recruit a few years back. Big things expected from him finally after some injuries and not really finding his footing. He hasn't been playing at all. Scooby Williams is like starring. He's like the he's like the new star of this defense. Shamar James, another kid. He's a new Mobile Alabama kid. He, he these guys are both of these guys are Alabama kids. Birmingham and Mobile starring for the Gators. So they got both of them out of that, you know, state to come here and they've been very good and you know there's young guys all over the field Trey Wilson uh Eugene Wilson the second son he was a starting safety two super Bowl rings for the with the Patriots back in 2003-4 and he got dinged up in the first quarter and that's a big loss and we'll see how long he's out Bruce collarbone but that kid the first six targets of the game were this guy I mean this is week three Billy Napier they evaluate talent here and they play it. They don't play around with status quo or what promises were made or who's been here longer. So those young guys see that and they think, man, I can get my shot and I can be playing in the swamp next year.
0: Edgar, you mentioned the you know, the internet swell for I mean, and this is probably happening everywhere, but hearing it from Gainesville that they would hire one of the only two players with his jersey retired from FSU to be their coach based on what's going on at Colorado is hard for for everybody to kind of wrap their head around. How bad would it have to get, though, for them to to even consider that in Gainesville? Deion Sanders
1: is one of the greatest players we'll we'll ever see. Uh, just And speed, I mean, my God, I've never seen him faster in a football field than that guy. He, he was just unbelievable, and he's turned out to be an incredible coach in terms of putting pieces together, hiring the right staff, getting out of the way, inspiring the kids, creating a culture people want to play with for him, and it's incredible what he's doing. He does not fit what they do here and the way fans are here. They It just isn't the kind of—they're they they're not hiring an FSU guy, you wouldn't think anyway, but just that culture and cockiness, and that's in a Florida thing. And I couldn't ever see that happening here, to tell you the truth. And that wasn't floated anywhere near games, was floated on, on national, by national folks. I mean, there's one national guy who had Billy Nathan going three and nine, getting, getting fired in week 11. I, mean, I don't know who he's talking to, but that's not happening, and it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening no matter what occurred this season. His buyout is $31.9 million. Mm. So he, he's not going anywhere. But when things get bad, though, think, people start saying things. And it becomes noise. And it becomes distraction. And then players, you know, they hear things. And, and suddenly it's like you start losing the team. You start losing focus. They start tuning you out. This was just a huge win on so many levels for Billy Napier, and he knows it, but what he also knows, and he's a very even-keeled guy, is it's one game, and you probably weren't as bad as you were at Utah, and you're probably not as good as people are telling you are now, and you better put one foot in front of the other and keep getting better and take care of business against Charlotte this weekend. That's your final tune-up before you resume what is certainly one of the toughest schedules in college football this season.
0: Edgar, thank you. Uh, One more note. Yesterday we were going to have you on, and then the suspensions came down. What's been – and it's a a first-half suspension. It could have been anything. You never know. But what is that? Just kind of been like, okay, that's the case. We move on. No big deal?
1: Well, they have no choice, and they do have some depth. They have a kid, Nigel Harris, who's a first year freshman. They really like, he's promising. He can play right left. He can play right guard from Micah Mazuka, Baylor kid yeah. uh, transfer. And then who pulled his, he's a Philly native who looks like Joe Frazier out there in his left zone left. Uh, and then Damian George, the Alabama transfer, who I tell you, he already has four penalties this year and now a suspension. I mean, he's got a, get his act together here Uh, and they got a kid, Lundell Hudson who's a FIU transfer 25 starts at that level and Charlotte is not like you're playing, you're not playing Georgia this week, Uh, the timing of it works out.
0: Thank you Edgar good stuff as always, Edgar Thompson covers the Gators for the Orlando Sentinel after the win